0: such a generational moment it seems with regard to to how people see themselves and see Mm. what happened in britain in world war ii as well
1: yeah because it's it's become like it's it's sort of not remembered as a parody in the same way it's kind of become remembered as this sort of like jolly hockey stick spirit of the british home guard who would have resisted the hitler to the end and it's like that's not what the show is about the show is about how fucking stupid they are (laughs) yeah it's weird i mean people don't it was didn't run anywhere
0: near as long, obviously. But people don't, you know, reinterpret World War One because of the fourth season of Blackadder being about World War One. No, it just to maybe it informs people's mental, you know, visual perception of what they think the war was like. But the whole thing is obviously a huge farce. Like that's that's the point. Uh, it certainly doesn't make people turn around and say, "Oh, I'm I'm, I'm re envisioning this patriotic success." Because of, you know, Captain Blackadder and Private Baldrick and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dad's Army weirdly has kind of become the thing that people, I don't know, they, that they think of that and Dunkirk and the Blitz, but like Dunkirk was nearly a disaster that was saved by, as Milo famously pointed out, blokes who fish, and the Blitz was a fucking massacre. So it's yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny how people, that people remember these events in this kind of, like, weird, like, sort of mysterious mists of time way, like, oh, well, you know, in the Blitz, in the Blitz, everyone did as they were told, and it's like, no, they fucking didn't. No, they didn't. The
0: government tried to put people in really insufficient bomb shelters or have them shelter at home, and it was through, like, massive unrest with people basically forcing the government to allow them to take shelter in the tube, uh, because that was safer than the shit the government had built, um... The extent to which, yeah, it's a misremembering, but I feel like what's important in bringing this up is that maybe if you're online, you'll perceive this, but certainly I feel like unless you live here, it's hard to understand how much in British media and popular culture, the notion of the blitz spirit and the Dunkirk spirit get invoked, even though, as we said before, there are very, very few people left alive who have any real adult memory of that. My grandmother is still alive. She's in her late 80s. She was a child in the Norwich Blitz, which was in 1941 I think or 42. Mm. The London Blitz was primarily in, the, in 1940. 1940, yeah. So like you think about like like I said my grandmother is almost 90. Yeah. She's still alive. She was 6 years old in the Norwich Blitz.
1: Yeah, my grandmother's 92, and she remembers the Blitz pretty well. She would, like, sleep in the tube station and stuff, and then eventually she got evacuated to the countryside, uh, which the countryside then was Luton. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yikes. Um, uh, yeah, it is, it's, that's that's a whole interesting story with evacuation and, like, the way it went very differently for, to different people. Lots of child abuse is involved in that as I was going to well. say,
0: I mean, the line, the witch, in the wardrobe is basically, if you're familiar with that story, the whole point is that there are children who have been evacuated to the countryside Yeah, because children just got placed
1: in rural villages. Yeah. I mean, my grandma got really lucky because she had like fucking eight siblings and they lived in a fucking tenement house in a room in Islington. And she got evacuated to some like wealthy, like practically like landed gentry family in Luton. So she had like a great time. But I think a lot of people got sent to like some fucking interesting some nightmarish
0: places, yeah. And so yeah. so weirdly this, this huge generational trauma in which the government, the country was basically face, facing hostile occupation A significant chunk of people in the country were actually pretty pro-Nazi. And instead, it's gotten misremembered, deliberately misremembered or re-remembered as this grand old thing that brought everyone together, which, I mean yeah we are now dealing with the weird byproducts of that
1: yeah the boomers who were raised by the ptsd generation um and also inhaled a lot of leaded petrol fumes They did in fact um but yeah in conclusion about dad's army actually a good show and it's like very much like quite a good satire of a certain kind of british worldview that like you know that your sort of boomer dad is just gonna like solve hitler on his own um and so i would definitely recommend that if you've not seen it it's worth checking i think there's like lots of old episodes on youtube yeah Um, It's it's like genuinely a well-made show That's like actually funny
0: And famously the song in the beginning Is not a real World War II patriotic song but it's so cloying and bad that you could be fooled into thinking that it is actually real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was made, especially for. it's like the, the lyrics to which are, who do you think you're kidding? Mr. Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. A, a, a believable British world war two song along with what uh, was it? I I'm trying to work out now if the, uh, if the Hitler has only got one ball song was actually a real <laughs> world war two song. If that's a later interpolation, but that is a great, uh, yeah. Uh, Hitler has only got one ball. Uh, uh, Himmler has got something similar and poor goebbels has no balls at all i will only say though that when you think about two world wars and one world
0: cup the way that this stuff gets reframed into popular culture like it is definitely a thing people are still fucking dealing with uh we're constantly being reminded of it here in this country another thing we're constantly being reminded of is is weird cultural artifacts of things that uh that you you don't necessarily know the history of, like, for example, both in the film Joker, which came out last year. And also, if you've ever gone to a sporting event ever in America, you'll hear a song called Rock and Roll Part Two by a British artist named Gary Glitter.
1: Ah, oh, yes. Now we're back into nonce territory again. Weird how that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about Gary Glitter so much because he's kind of more boring because he kind of he, he got into like nonce territory a bit later in life. Uh, But basically, he was like a big glam rock star of the 70s and 80s. Very famous, dressed in the way that glam rock stars do, i.e. mad... Um, and then he kind of in the late 2000s... Actually, no, as in the, as early as the late 90s, he got in trouble in the UK for child pornography, and then he got in trouble for basically underage prostitution stuff in Vietnam. Yeah, he was, was prison in Vietnam, yeah, for a while. Uh, yeah, and then he came back to Britain, and he got in trouble again for something also kind of related. So, uh, yeah, he is a... Uh, yeah, definitely VAR decision nonce, um, and, like, he was, like, a big pop star of that era um, and a guy who was just like outwardly kind of like a weird dude and so there's it, sort of like a there's kind of a theme developing yeah, yeah, here yeah, if yeah. we're to pull something out um, so to like to take us back to kind of like uh, t- innocuous 1970s stuff um, we've got um, Morecambe and Wise which was that the first time you'd seen Morecambe was, and Wise yeah do you have a reaction from Morecambe
0: and Wise I mean it just seemed like Weird '70s vaudeville, I guess. I mean, like in a way that, yeah. I mean, I realize now from watching these things that you've sent me, all the stuff that that Mitchell and Webb look were parodying, right? Because some of that stuff, I mean, okay, it's objectively like absurd and funny in that regard if you watch it as an outsider. But then when you start to see how much of this is based on what TV was actually like in the '70s, mm-hmm. then you're like, man, this was all shit. This was really
1: bad. Like, yeah, it's not funny. They were, like, still working it out as a format. And, I mean, and Morecambe and Wise is some of the best of it. I mean, like, Morecambe and Wise, again, is one of those shows that's, like, much beloved. Like, they still show it at Christmas time, and, like, it's a whole, like... And those guys became, like, real, like, elder statesmen of British television. But it, I think your description of it as, like, a vaudeville act is kind of right. Like, because a lot of British TV of that era, I would say, came out of, like, music hall culture from, like, the 40s, 50s. Um, you should talk
0: about it. I don't really know that much about music hall stuff.
1: So music halls, um, well, I can talk about musicals and I don't know so much about music halls in the north, which I think were also a thing, but I'm not sure exactly what the tradition was there. Certainly London music halls like the Hackney Empire and the Palladium and stuff like that were uh, kind of like sort of working class entertainment, I guess, like certainly like places that my grandparents would have gone. And uh, for what they would describe as a knees up, if you want a real, a real bit of fucking British terminology from back in the day there, um, real Cockney hours who up. Um, So they would And they were basically They were variety shows So they would be hosted By like an MC Who would kind of be Something between Just Like just a host And a comedian They would sort of Tell some jokes And they would do some Like riffs with the audience But the acts would be Like quite diverse They'd have like Singers Dancing acts Like magic acts uh, Comedy acts Like there could be Like a whole It was like true variety Mm -hmm. And it was just Sort of purely seen As like Just kind of like Go and be entertained By this mixed bag Of entertainment entertainment um and so it's quite old-fashioned in that way just like here enjoy these mystery meats um and that was like a huge cultural thing people went it a very like it was kind of cheap and fun sort of entertainment thing for working class people before like television or sort of like mass broadcast entertainment was as much of a thing because another important thing to note is that uh british broadcasting was like exceptionally shit until like the late 1960s because there were really restrictive rules like there was only the BBC and there were very restrictive rules on what could be on the BBC basically everything on the BBC was like and now for an hour of crochet with with Doris Wilders Uh, she's going to be talking about uh, different kinds of sewing that you can other things that women enjoy so please please watch that later will be the remembering the empire hour yes thank you (laughs) I'm gonna make